Under the training book, in all intents and purposes, is a place for me to say fuck you. Sort of unfiltered. So, fuck you. To start this episode, um, I'm going to talk about something that's probably going to piss off friends and maybe some enemies even. Um, But it's from the heart and it's honest. And it's just my feelings. Uh, Someone recently that me and a number of friends knows died. And I don't know the circumstances of his death. Another friend told me about it. This person I became friends with through somebody else, and uh, we ended up moving near this person. And she had a lot of mental issues, and also she had issues that had nothing to do with that, but she used those aspects to hurt others. And it got to the point where no one could deal with her because not only did she not want to get help, and clearly it was somebody that didn't want to get help, but she did everything she can to make other people miserable. Uh, And yes, this is me bad-mouthing somebody who just died, but... This is closure for me for a very bad time in my life because I'd gotten over a lot of my own shit and then this, a lot of it was brought back up and now I'm just now probably getting over it again because I had to deal with her shit. This is a person who went out of her way to break up couples, went out of her way to, and I've seen this and witnessed this and heard this many times. Uh, she accused people of assault. She accused people, proven like people were nowhere near her at the time. She accused people of theft. And everyone tried to help her. Everyone went out of their way. Everyone paid money. Everyone did everything they could to help this person. But it got to the point where I think everyone not only had to take care of themselves, but everyone began to recognize that Even though she had issues, she was also someone who thrived and and devoured, I think, hurting others. And it got to the point where everybody had an issue from her. And this is a a person who was such a piece of shit once that she so-called befriended someone with... Uh, with Down Syndrome, someone who had uh, issues besides that of their own. And when a police incident happened, and I witnessed this and watched it and seen it, she threw this person under the bus to protect her own ass. There comes a point when, even if it's a really good friend, you have to take care of yourself. Even if it's a loved one. You can't... It's not selfish to not let someone destroy your life. 
as they destroy their own. I'm sorry, there's not a point where it's like, I will let myself suffer completely. There has to be at least an ounce of that person in the seat that this person is trying to make their life better and trying to get better. But when they don't take meds, when they manipulate people, when they brag about manipulating people and hurting other people, then, like, no. The issues you have are gone, in my eyes. Because what's outweighed it is your pure bile of a human existence that is hurting other people. So when I heard that this person was, had died, and I was told this by somebody who knew her before she really even had any of these issues, and before she went down this path, I felt bad for that person, because they knew her when she was better, when she was an uh, enjoyable person to be around. But I didn't feel bad. And that's just me being honest. I didn't. I didn't care. Because this person who still stalked my websites, still said shit to me, and still... Uh, I mentioned on here before, I think, that the fact that the reason why spoilers don't really bother me much is I had a few people who would go out of their way try to spoil stuff they knew I loved. This person was one of those people. Like, she would find spoilers on stuff and try to send them to me. She would go on my website and try to flood it with spam. She would try to sign me up for shit that she thought would somehow anger me or something like that. Like, mail from religious groups and something like that. Because she thought this would anger me somehow. And this is a person who tried to break me and the person I'm with right now up. Through many means. And... I'm so, it's just no, no, I'm sorry. You gotta live your own life. You gotta take care of you in the end. You try to help others. But if these people don't show they're, they're willing. If these people in your life who are toxic for whatever reason don't want to show a willingness and have shown an unwillingness to make their life better, then it's done. It's cut off and they're done. And you can, like, destroy your friendship. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Another human being is dead, and that's bad. But when this human being got to the point where they weren't adding nothing to the world, and there are piles and piles of what they add negatively to the world, many times can you the victory that Obamacare hit with more than any other in my eyes, and I think it's just fact, uh, debating it would be basically debating that people deserve life at all. But that biggest victory that made it worth all the warts and all was the protections. The protections of, of, of care for prenatal care, for different care. But the biggest one that hits me personally, and a very selfish reason, but it hits me very personally, was pre-existing conditions. Protection from insurance companies denying you health care when you start a job or anything else that offers health care, or when you apply for health care on your own, paying for it totally out of pocket, then being able to deny it based on pre-existing conditions. Now, I don't think 
some people understand this completely what that is but it's basically because i have personal experience with this you go get a job let's say they have insurance you go sign up for insurance they deny it when they it, it shows that you have let's say a birth defect which creates a pre-existing condition that you have to have medication for and you might always have to take medication for it. they can deny you based on that pre-existing condition what's really dangerous on side note what's really fucking dangerous and it's a really fucking serious side note is that many republicans in the gop for the past five ten years 15 years have tried to say such things as being pregnant is a pre-existing condition you're pre-pregnant that's one of their attacks to go after abortion was is that every woman's pre-pregnant so if pre-existing conditions are allowed they could basically deny you on anything anything period what you eat which has been brought up if you eat at fast food or something like that oh you should be able to have your insurance denied on that because it's a pre-existing condition of not eating well but off on that tangent let's get back to where i was selfishly talking about myself without that protection against being denied in pre-existing conditions i would still be suffering in pain every minute as i was before my surgeries last year the two surgeries i had to repair jaw damage and have my teeth uh repaired um i had my teeth pulled it was a uh, surgery to repair damage on the upper and bottom plus had teeth repulled i was in pain every fucking minute of every day I hardly slept at all I sleep so much better now but that even Mar doesn't know how much pain I was in all the time and I would I could have been denied that flat out and I was actually denied by an insurance at an old company on on the, the uh, surgery part because they wanted to pull my teeth my teeth were bad anyways, but they wanted to pull them before they did the surgery. But my insurance at my old company was trying to say like, oh, no, we that's a pre-existing condition. We don't want to pull those teeth to do the surgery, so we're going to deny the surgery. And it, it was like this whole mess because they were trying to say they would do one, but not do the other one. But you had to do one to do the other one, so it's like this big run around bullshit and thing. But that wasn't true now because it was a pre-existing condition. They couldn't deny it based on that. Uh, without that protection, I wouldn't be able to get my other health issues addressed. Which I need to rush to get done now. If things pass as they are in Trump care, I won't be able to get those done. Basically, anything... If these things pass that they're talking about wanting now, added to it in the past week... There's no point of having insurance. It basically makes it null and void to have insurance because you wouldn't be able to do hardly anything, and especially if you have any kind of pre-existing condition, you would never be able to get insurance, whether you're paying out of pocket for it or at a company and getting it at a job. So my insurance, because there's no protections to do this, and this happened a lot. A lot of people don't understand this happened a lot. Basically, if these things pass, I will probably have no insurance. Even though I have a pretty good job, 
Now that offers pretty good insurance. I'd basically be not denied that insurance and denied a chance. Uh, the thing is, is like also the fact that uh, when it comes with the whole pre-existing conditions thing. Okay, hey, this is hard for me to talk about. Because they're talking about taking away protections for pre-existing conditions. One of the things also is with Trump, Mr. Agent Orange, signing orders that make it where certain jobs are in hiring freezes. This is making jobs short-staffed in some places are shutting down. Also, this makes it where a lot of jobs are having to deny people from taking days off because they're short-staffed and they can't afford to have somebody else come in and they can't afford to hire new people. So it's going to be very hard to even get days off in the future without basically risking your job because you're basically going to have to say I, I need to take this day off to have this medical thing done because not every medical thing like you know having to go to the hospital and get medicine because you're sick at the time it's like you know I need to go and have you know checkups done I need to go have appointments done I need to have prescriptions refilled which some expect you to go to have an appointment done to have a prescription refilled and because of another Agent Orange order, that's going to risk even having that done in time with them passing these new laws to get shit done. So, if you want to be one of those people who have told me, this is not a big deal, this is not going to affect you. So if you support this, if you support Trump, you're telling me my pain didn't matter and it doesn't matter. You know, now ask why I've told you to fuck off in the past. The people I've told to fuck off in the past. Be you family, former friends, former colleagues. This is why I don't talk to you. And why you're no longer family or part of my life. Because you don't give a shit with me about me. You've proven it. If you voted for somebody that's a Nazi supporter. Which he is. He's got fucking car carrying Nazi members working for him. If you vote for somebody like this, if you vote for somebody on a really selfish level with me, if you vote somebody who wants to put me in, back into a very painful situation in my life, I'm done with you. You can fuck off. You're as dead as the person who recently died with me. Another little rant thing I probably talked about today is reviews. I've been thinking about them a lot lately, and not that I get a lot of them, but I'm getting more and more gradually and stuff like that, the more things I do. Uh, and also, I consider micro-reviews, reviews, nothing wrong with them except when you dive into being critical about the work. You, you just don't have enough time for anything besides a star rating on Twitter and that limited amount of words. And it, Even something like Amazon reviews, you really don't have a time to delve into anything. So, like, bringing up issues, like, big issues with a, a, a piece of art or work, uh, it's really not worth doing it, I don't think, when you, you bring it up such a limited thing. 
that's where critical thinking is, because critical thinking is not one sentence. You know, fuck off is, uh, or your piece of shit is not critical thinking. Um, going for more in that sort of environment leads to this sucks, best thing ever. I will never get those minutes, hours of my life back after reading this. Yeah, I've gotten all three of those before. Uh, currently in my thoughts when it comes to reviews, besides the fact that I might stop reading them, good or bad, and I've just about done that, stopped reading them, good or bad, is that I find it interesting that some people get angry that I don't respond to their bad reviews of something I wrote, which is really weird. Like, I, I know it's the whole, like, baiting thing. They want to say something bad to get you to respond, and it's like, ooh, I got a response from this person. Which I can understand a little bit the psychology of that with like celebrities or big name people, but little little name people I don't get that. You're just mainly trying to fuck with people. Um, these people take time to write me an email to say why haven't I gotten into a pissing contest with them? Sorry you didn't like the story, but writers don't owe readers and internet. You know they don't owe anybody some kind of duel of words. You know, any artist, you know, fuck you, I don't owe you anything. Uh, also, and I think this is at the heart of some of this, is like, I've never gotten how reading a story or seeing a movie, movie you didn't like is somehow a personal issue. It's like, move on. I've read so many stories in my life that I haven't liked. And you know how many times I've mentioned these online or somewhere? Not many at all. I mean, if I get a story, and I usually can find something good in any movie or, or book or story, and, and Marsh says that about me all the time, like, she'll make fun of me saying, like, I can find something I like in anything, and it's true, basically, I can find something I like in just about anything, um, but when I, I come across a story that there's nothing in it that I like at all, I never even put it up on Goodreads. Like, I never, because there's no point of that. There's no point of totally just, you know, beating the fuck out of somebody and then shitting on their head. There's no point of that. You know, you read the story, you didn't like it. Period. Nothing about it. Don't even write a review about it. Don't even make a comment. That's my, that's my rule. If it's a no-star thing, I'm not going to write anything on it. And if somebody asks me about something like that, and I, I'm just like, ah, I just didn't really like it all that much. And I only get into this if somebody really wants to have a conversation about it. But for the most part, like, I had somebody once ask me, like, there's, you've never written, like, a totally shitty thing. Or you've never, like, did a no-star thing on Goodreads, which I have a Goodreads, you can check it out. You go to, uh, underthetrainingbook.blogspot.com, and there's a link to my Goodreads. But, um... Uh, I just don't put them on there. And my Goodreads is mainly to show books I've read. Uh, so every so often I'll check something out of the library, forgetting that read it, and it was just like total shit. And then I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't put that on there because it was total shit, and there's just no point of totally shitting on something. Um, I'd rather find something I like about something or not talk about it at all. Uh, here's a little blog entry from 11 to 2012, so it's a while back. Uh, it's called my, the title of it was, My Local Bookstore Didn't Kick Down My Door and Take My Books Away. 
Um, and this is right, reading exactly what I wrote. Just read an article about someone having their Kindle wiped and their account cancelled randomly by Amazon and not being able to talk to Amazon about the issue because they don't discuss these things besides a vague statement of why they did what they did. The crazy thing is, this goes on all the time, it's just one example of what you have to accept in being an e-reader or digital user with one of the bigger companies. These types of situations are holding back digital publishing or digital media as a whole. And this is one of the reasons why I only read ebooks on my computer or on Mars notebook. Uh, a little note on that, that's not totally true now. I read on my phone and stuff like that true uh, now. But back then I mainly did that. Continuing. Uh, I'm not buying one until the e-reader manufacturers back off the stance we don't really own these things we buy and they can delete at will. I know there are lesser known e-readers that are better in this regard, but again, you're buying a lesser known piece of technology that can usually be risky choice to make. Again, I ended up buying one other, like smartphones and other readers because I had to. The more and more I created works in digital format, the more and more I had to have things to look at on and to read the materials on and to learn about others' materials. But I still think we really need to support open-ended e-readers and open-ended materials. Um, but why do we accept this sort of thing? Part of it is because we care more about the status of owning a name brand device more than the quality and user friendliness of said device. That type of thing is good enough for people who are ready to toss around good money for bad tech. But for the rest of us, it just puts you in a bad position. At least you buying something you know is flawed and purposely so, or you can choose something that may be total crap with not much course for troubleshooting when issues come up. These examples as well as with a lot of others are what comes into the conversation whenever I talk to people about buying and reading more ebooks. As a publisher of ebook projects, it's really frustrating to see this stuff day in and day out. In a lot of ways, this type of thing frustrates me more than piracy. The main things that get up my ass about piracy are that most people just don't admit that it's stealing. What companies like Amazon are doing, I think, hurts the e-publishing industry just as much as what pirates do, because it shines negative lights on the platform overall. It pushes away people who might be thinking about making e-readers part of the reading experience. Whenever I release a new project, people always ask me what format, what devices can they read the materials on, which is the main reason besides ease of publishing, that I moved from Lulu to Smashwords. Smashwords allows me and my re readers so many more ways to find and read my work. Uh, note here, I think Lulu uh, in the past year or two has moved to more formatting, just to be fair, as uh, Smashwords has uh, about the same amount. Um, they can read it on a computer or a e reader. I also enjoy the fact that when someone downloads something from Smashwords to their device, they don't have to worry about it being deleted later for some reason. Yeah, Smashwords so far has been really, really, really great about, like, nothing just also disappearing, which even happened on Lulu from time to time. Uh, it might be really stupid. Hell, it is really stupid, but I don't give a shit if my work is ever sold in any Nook, Kindle, or Apple Store. And so they just start treating their customers with a little respect. As a publisher and a writer that just 
that disrespects of the reader is also disrespect to me, and doing so is saying fuck you to the reader, and my message back is fuck you, Amazon. I still say fuck you, Amazon, Nook, Kindle, all these fucking people, because, and Apple. Even though some of my stuff now is available, like, the podcasts are available on iTunes and such, and the main reason for that is, like, it's one of those distribution things, like, having a product, uh, through, uh, Walmart. It's because it, your product's going to reach so many more people. You might not like a lot of the things about it, but it's going to be there. And it's like with iTunes, iTunes goes to all these other uh, podcasting platforms and ways of listening, apps and such. That you almost have to fucking deal with them. It's like dealing with the fucking mafia sometimes. I still say fuck you to some of these people because, like, some of them won't, like, I think Amazon doesn't want you to offer any ebooks free. They don't like you advertising your own stuff within your own fucking books. So it's it's a big fuck you to people. And one of the reasons why I got into podcasting and I'm doing other mediums, starting to do, do look into doing some film work is like you almost hit a wall unless you're big time person or had some kind of big time reach when it comes to these people like you hit a wall I, f- I thought I hit a sort of wall with e-reader I mean ebooks and I'm still doing ebooks and everything it don't make me think I'm stopping but I hit a wall where I was like okay if you're going to limit these things I'm doing I'm going to have to find other platforms to promote my stuff with Otherwise, I'm just going to be fucked, and you're going to be getting, like, dollars off every penny I get from something. Plus, screw me over from ever promoting my stuff or doing it in the ways I think is working, such as giving some stuff away free, such as advertising with me in my own ebooks. So, I have to find other ways of working around that. So, it's almost like you hit a wall with this thing, and you're like, okay, I hit a wall there, but I'm going over here. And I'm moving forward over here a little. And then if I hit a wall here, I'm going to go over here. And I'm going to move forward here. It's the overall thing of like my 10 universe and my work. But I I might hit a wall of saying like, okay, you're not going to let me do ebooks. Fine, fuck you. I don't care if, if it's on your platform. I'll move over here and find advertising this way. So like uh, Apple might be saying like, oh, in our stores, we're not going to allow you to have your own links to go outside book uh outside our site to other sites or we're not going to allow you to offer free books out through our uh through our stores yeah okay fuck you i'm gonna go on itunes and i'm gonna talk about and promote my free stuff and promote links to my works i'm gonna promote so i'm gonna use your other platforms for doing it too so that's basically that Bloodways Books presents The Poetry Collection God's Left in the Trash UCI We hung around until the night was gone Sitting after dark in the sheets of winter Air whispering that Green Day song About Trey and how he played those drums Midnight was alive and it was getting chilly for the morning was dreaming about its glory days. The heart of love is the heart of the moon's next story. And I will never take back any words. And no matter what, the winds turn up and blow. I see you. I want a renaissance to shine a light. Be the change we want. 
something's right We've been waiting in the dark for so long Oh, an awakening in my heart Hear the angels sing and shine a spark We've been sleeping in the dark for so long But I So